all of these things come from the Lord. We're surely not sufficient in and of ourselves to do anything, especially pray, apart from the grace of God. We thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit that's happening in our midst, even through the trial. The Lord is rallying and mobilizing His people to bring us closer to Himself. The reality of God is what the believers after all the time. Because of our humanness and because of our exposure to religion and our own take and people's versions of God in the Bible, the Lord is ever drawing us out of that confusion into the reality of who He is, who He really is, how He really thinks about everything and how He views us and our trials. We saw a little bit about that yesterday from Romans and James. God is working something far more glorious. He's doing something to the inside of people, our souls. The most important commodity, the most important thing we possess Jesus said, is our soul. Our souls. What can we give in exchange for that? So God is very interested, most interested, in our souls. He wants to deal with that part of us that He's fashioning for eternity. God is always thinking of how to fortify and beautify us. A wonderful combination. That's God's heart, in a nutshell, if you will. God wants every one of us, whether we're going through the trial physically, mentally, spiritually, or we are supporting someone who's going through the trial, for both sets of people, in the same body of Christ, God is seeking to fortify, to strengthen with His strength, the real strength, beyond human strength. He's imparting that strength. At the same time, He's beautifying us, making us to shine the glory of Jesus even more in our lives. For that to happen the shell falls off, the scales fall off, the outer layers fall off. So the beauty of Christ can be seen. And prayer is a vehicle through which the Spirit of God works to draw us even closer to Himself. It's said of some of the most godless people who God used mightily that they would spend a good several hours in prayer at the beginning of the day and others would excuse themselves in the midst of dinner engagements to go away and pray privately to keep an appointment with God. Others would pray deep 
and late into the night by candlelight read the word of God vigorously in the middle of the night having a full schedule ahead of them in the day these are the type of things that cause the world those who are lukewarm to view such people as peculiar out of place, odd, strange but those types of things are very familiar to those who are close to God because Jesus is our heartbeat He's our everything and so we look for opportunities to spend time with Him and when the distractions of life come along when the things of God start to grow strangely dim instead of the things of the world God can use situations and circumstances bring us to the point of prayer like we never prayed before to people who are going through the valley of the shadow of death and to people who are holding up their arms as they fight to both groups of people God is looking to fortify He's looking to beautify that's God's heart the Bible says that the Spirit Himself makes intercession on our behalf when we don't have words to say the Holy Spirit is able to communicate to the Father, to God as He's working through us the things we need to pray the beauty of the transition is this that we begin to pray with words that we know to express what we feel and our petitions come before God at all hours of the day and night and we are spent at a point where because of repeated pouring out there's an exhaustion that will come naturally to any believer and every believer when they've poured out their hearts before the Lord continuously and what happens is God sees the faithfulness of that spending and He does something supernatural even when we pray to the point where God will begin to speak some of you have mentioned that in your prayers already that as you're praying you know God is talking to you and at times He will redirect the prayer or He will focus that prayer exactly on the very thing that he desires when you have a group of people who are being led by the Spirit of God in such manner all the bases are covered because the Spirit himself knows the mind of God and when the Holy Spirit comes and prays in and through us everything that we could possibly need God himself causes the utterance to go with the groanings that come deep within our soul to God these things may sound peculiar again to those 
who are not familiar with them. But for many of us, we understand perfectly because we're taught of these things in the Word of God. God comes and He intervenes, but He also intercedes. He comes and helps us to pray in a manner that we're not capable of praying by ourselves. Romans chapter 8. Likewise, verse 26, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. What a breakthrough. Can we trade anything for this kind of experience? Can we ever exchange anything for the school of Christ being, being taught by God? The only way to be taught these things is through the trials. God comes along and He teaches us through the Word as the Lord instructed how to pray when the disciples asked Him. And then in the Gospel of Luke and elsewhere, He speaks about the necessity of not giving up, not fainting, to push through. It doesn't look like anything's happening, perhaps. And perhaps it's been many days. Did you know it was after 50 days of prayer, early in the morning, in bitter cold China, one person, an American missionary with two other people, a Chinese woman and a young Chinese man, and then eventually the, the woman stopped coming to the prayer. After all, it was early in the morning, it was cold, and she might have felt out of place. But she missed something because the young man kept coming, and so did this older missionary from America. And they prayed for revival to fall. And it was after 50 days, imagine, 23 days, 25, 37, 43 Nothing happening, so it seems. After 50 days, God sent such a massive revival. That revival, all truth be told, is still going on. We don't have time here to elaborate on the details of how. Thousands upon thousands have testified of having been saved out of that revival. And those in their 80s and 90s in the 1970s and 80s and 90s testified how the revival fire carried them through the communist oppression and they did not defect from the faith. But that torch that was blazing from that revival, the Holy Spirit took three people obscure in some corner of China out of millions of people at that time. He prompted them, Will you partner? with me to pray for revival and the zeal was burning in that one older American missionary from California in a foreign land praying in the morning early in the morning in the cold because of God's love in his heart for the people it wasn't until 50 days the revival broke out. Imagine if they gave up on the 49th day. So it's been said that we may be climbing the mountain for the answer. And we're climbing and we're climbing and we're getting weary. Everyone's doing the same thing and everyone is getting exhausted. 
when we're interceding for others, when we don't hear or see, and there's a reason for that. Let no one assume that the reason the pastors are not communicating certain things at certain times that would seem normal is because they don't want to or because they don't have time. Although time is scarce when you're going through life and death situations. And yet there's a bigger reason. God is in control. We must continue to do what He's called us to do regardless of what we think we should hear or see. Amen. The faith that God has put in your heart, in our hearts, is to continue to press on until we get to the top of the mountain. Climbing up, exhausted, the altitude with the thin air, even more exhausting. Every indication is to stop because we've done enough. Look behind you. Can you see how far you have climbed up? Surely that's commendable. Yes, it is, but is it enough? Not until the answer comes. And so the encouragement comes from God to press on still. The problem is, although we may be able to see how far we've come, we're not entitled many times to see how far we need to go. So the analogy there fails with the mountain from a physical perspective that we can see the mountain. Not only how far we've come up the climb, but how far we have to go. But not when it comes to the spiritual mountains all the time. We walk by faith and not by sight. If we can see the end, then it doesn't take a whole lot of faith, does it? But God is doing something to empower our spiritual muscles that we have broken through from the cocoon into the butterfly status of truly flying with God in the spirit. Not carnal, emotional, mere pressing on. The world can do that, can it not? To come and give emotional support. We do need it desperately. But it's not enough. There's something more to the spiritual life and the antagonizing obstacles that come from hell to stop us from praying and believing. There's something more. There's something more than the emotional support that's required to go through the agony of fighting against all the force of hell even while we're interceding. when the altitude causes the air to become thin and we feel like we're going to give up because of suffocation the Holy Spirit breathes in we get the second wind hallelujah hallelujah because we walk by faith and not by sight for all the brothers and sisters who truly believe in the God of miracles and so you've been praying it takes faith to pray and to continue Instead of stepping back and saying, you know what, let them pray. There's a group there praying, let them pray their hearts out. I was there on day 1, 5, 7, and 9, and maybe 21 to 23, and now I really don't see the point of it. And Or maybe I do, but they can get along without me. 
we would have lost God's touch at that point if that kind of sentiment comes, and it's possible because we're in a war. The devil doesn't merely come directly to us physically, but he comes through thoughts, inclinations, emotions, suggestions. Just step back just a little bit, and there lies his advantage to step in with a little bit. We can't afford to lose ground, and so we continue to pray. But the good news is that the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, steps in when he sees we're faithful. He does something supernatural where he begins to speak to us and through us. Romans 8.26, would someone please read that? Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26, NIV version. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Praise God. Praise the Lord, the Holy Spirit. That's the breakthrough. That's the breakthrough. We're used to praying the best we know how. Even the most sincere person runs out of words. Not because they don't know the word necessarily, but because we're human and we are dealing with supernatural things. We're looking for heaven to move on our behalf, miraculously, supernaturally. We give what we have like the widow's might. We spend everything we have at the feet of the Lord. The Lord says, don't faint. Continue. And all of a sudden, this revelation was not given before. The New Covenant time, the New Testament times, and especially as the Apostle Paul was given even further revelation that the Lord Jesus couldn't share at that time even though he is revelation himself. By the time the Apostle Paul penned these words, in Romans chapter 8, the church was ready. We have the privilege of tapping into the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf and through us with groans. We must understand, when there is the genuine, there will always be a counterfeit, and the counterfeit is marked by carnality. Our emotions can take us on a ride elsewhere apart from God if we're not careful. But when we're informed by the Word of God and we're looking to God 100% sincerely, saying, God, I place my hand upon my mouth. Should I utter anything that is displeasing to you, even in prayer? Oh, Father, teach me how to pray and pray through me. It's another level. God is doing such a thing in our church, in our midst. He's speaking to people. He's also praying through people. He's revealing things to pray for, so that when the prayer is done every morning and every evening and in your private times, 
as you're interceding, especially for our daughter. God is covering all the bases. How? Not simply because more people are praying, but because the Holy Ghost is bringing up the particular things that are needed for Esther and for our family and for our church in various ways. You can hear it in the prayers. It's not premeditated, but it's the Holy Spirit that speaks. Now, it's possible to write a prayer. It's possible to premeditate a prayer. There's nothing wrong with that when it's sincere for someone to collect their thoughts, but that's a springboard. It's a platform that God uses when we're sincere and humble to take us to another level. So the prayers that you are praying on behalf of Esther, God is doing something in you. Hallelujah. To raise you to the kind of prayers that the Holy Spirit can pray through with. To break in and tap in and step into the door of a prayer life that will move heaven a prayer life that is absolutely selfless and a 100% set on the glory of God. We do pray for one another and for each other. But the ultimate is, as the Apostle Paul said, to the glory of God. He's working something far more glorious. This suffering, the trial, is heavy as it is, life hanging in the balance. Yet, the movement of the Holy Spirit within our hearts is, Father, be glorified. Father, be glorified. Bring us out, yes, oh, relieve us, oh, Father. But may your name be magnified. May the world see Jesus through this cross that Esther's bearing. It is a cross through no wrongdoing on her part. She's suffering. And there's a greater glory, not only for her that God has, but for many people. It's a sort of death so that others can live. The Apostle Paul said, I'm making up in my body the wounds, the death, the dying, the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a fellowship not only with the great position we have with God as co-heirs with Christ and heirs of God, but there's a fellowship of His resurrection that follows the fellowship of His sufferings and death. God is moving everyone to greater maturity. We need to be told and understand that, the scope of it, more and more, so that we embrace it and say, Oh God, you are magnificent. So you can deliver just like that, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to the king. God is able 
But even if he doesn't, we want you to know we're not bowing down to idol. We serve a living God. We know he's able. But he's bringing out the character of Christ, of Christ through the trial. And the trials, even in intercession for someone else going through trials, will reveal our true nature and character. What is the priority in our lives? How much faith do we really have? How far are we willing to persevere? Has there been a change since the last trial we've gone through? Or we've interceded for someone else? When we can say, yes, there is, we say, glory be to God. And we continue because the character of Christ is being formed even more with this trial. We understand there's much more involved than just Esther's deliverance. Deliverance for the pastor's family. Deliverance for our church family. Far more involved. God is working in and He's working out. He is fortifying us and He's beautifying us. He's working in something so He can work out something. It's a deep truth. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. How can I pray a perfect prayer when I get off of that springboard into the supernatural because I'm faithful, sincere, and I spend everything I have at the feet of the Lord in intercession, believing with full faith and assurance. Then he catches me up in a rapture to the supernatural realm where the Holy Ghost prays through me. And the prayer is perfected. Hallelujah. Is it possible that every prayer you and I pray can be perfected like that? Yes. It's God's will. Why should I shortchange myself when I can have Spirit-led prayers, when I can pray in the Spirit all the time. It's my choice to either be mediocre, average, carnal, or immature, or say, Lord, oh, I've got to change. I'm not here for performance or how people can see what I can do or impress myself. I throw myself and cast myself upon the mercy of God at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take me higher, Lord, as I intercede for others out of love. Draw me closer to your heart, Lord. You can use me again and again and again to move heaven for others as well as for myself. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. God will surely bring us throughout. Hallelujah. The light that we see at the moment is by faith. The mountaintop we see cannot be seen with natural eyes. Although we can see how far we've come, we can't see how far we have to go before we're on the threshold of absolute freedom and healing. Glory be to God. But God said it's coming. 
Lord said, persevere. Remember how revival broke out after 50 days. It may not be 50 days here. Whatever the number is, we must continue until we have it. Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you have it. But the materialization of it, that faith can bring, will happen when we continue to pray by faith and be led to the supernatural realm. Always remember, beloved, whatever God gives that is supernatural, the enemy will always come to bring a counterfeit. We need to be careful in many, many occasions in church history, as well as in the Bible, we can see people when they're carried away, they have zeal, but not according to knowledge. And something else can happen at that time, which is not pleasing to God. But the antidote for that is to be 100% sincere, 100% humble, 100% holy, 100% full of God's loving kindness. We will never go astray. Because those elements would cause us to pull the reins upon our flesh whenever it can veer off in a wrong direction, even by a degree. There will be a self-regulation from the Holy Ghost that will make the kindling of the flame of the Holy Spirit in our midst as we pray together into a huge, pure bonfire where the answer will come speedily. It's a necessary caution, not for any one individual here, but as a pastor and by the Spirit, the caution must be given because we live in a day and age in which it seems anything goes, so long as people are praying and singing, prophesying, dancing. Don't judge me, I don't judge you. Let's just have a wonderful time in the Lord. No, God has many cautions. And when we understand that God will be so well pleased that what He's begun in each and every one of us continue unhindered. Imagine that. When the Holy Spirit looks down, when the Father looks down, when Jesus looks down, He sees in every single person that has come together to pray, no hindrance for the Holy Ghost to work. But why? Self is dead. The cautions are observed. There's humility. The fear of the Lord. There's honesty. There's unbounded love. There's a holy life. Oh, the fire will fall on such a sacrifice. May God encourage everyone to continue to press on in these things so that the glory will fall in a manner greater than we've thought. For God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Glory be to God. God is working something wonderful in and out of each and every one of us. 
We must understand that and grab a hold of that and embrace it and say, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. I'm praying for Esther. But, Lord, you want to do something in me. Oh, my God. I don't want to miss that. Hallelujah. And, Father, when you look at my heart and my mind, let me not be quick to defend myself, but let me be the patient on the table. You come and examine me, Lord. Show me objectively what you see, Lord. And I pray that you would find me fit for your glory when I pray. And God will bless, strengthen, invigorate, and take each of us to another level. Where, as I said, when we pray going forward, heaven will move. God can begin to entrust gifts. God can begin to use us as an end-time army. There are many people broadcasting about the army of the Lord and doing this and that. Many, many slogans and cliches and movements. But we want to be among those who are 100% commended by God because He sees us through and through. And He brings us the answers and we see heaven moving. Glory be to God. God is moving. God is moving in our midst, in our spiritual family. We can see that clearly. And Pastor Kirby and I pray for that continuously. We know God is doing something great, not only through this excruciating trial for us, but for everyone who's joined themselves to the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerely seeking God. There's more than Esther's physical deliverance involved. You have a part in it. God's glory will rest upon each and every one of you. Stay faithful and look for more from God by way of the Holy Ghost taking over your prayers. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Our church is at a watershed moment. Something beyond our imagination. Hallelujah. Let's embrace everything God has spoken. Be vigilant. Be zealous. Continue to be sincere. And persevere. The fire has been falling already. It will fall even more explosively with the dunamis power of God upon every one of us. And people around you will know God has visited His people and they will not be able to ignore the bonfire that they see in you at your workplace. There's something different. I know you're a Christian. I know you go to that church. I know you, your pastor said this and the healing is happening, but something's going on now that is even bigger that's what God is after. A bigger work in you, in all of us, so that Christ can be seen even more clearly. People will say, what must I do to be saved right now? I want to give my heart to God. I, I feel something when I'm near you. I want God to heal my soul. I want to come home to God. 
I want to surrender my life and I want God's healing and His blessing upon my family. I see me and my family going to hell. Oh God, help me. And they come to you because God is working through you. God is drawing people through you to Himself in another level, on another level altogether. Blessed be God's name. May the Holy Spirit see fit in every one of us to cause us to jump over the hurdle of our limitation when we pray as human beings and experience Romans 8.26 and 7 so that Romans 8.28 will be true in our lives every moment. The Holy Spirit will pray in and through us. God is strengthening us, fortifying us. He's beautifying us with the glory of Christ even through these intercessions. He's working something into us by the Holy Ghost, working something out of us by the Holy Ghost, and all of it's contingent upon our faith in what we've heard. Regrouping and saying it's an all-out assault against every limitation and every obstacle from the devil, we shall overcome. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. If the Lord spoken to you, one or two of you can pray, then we'll conclude.